Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heal Everything podcast. I am so thrilled about this season's topic on healing your mother wound. And tonight I have my two special guests. My family is with me and we are going to talk about how to turn generational curses into generational blessings. And so you are listening to Tema Aziz Serwa. And let's start with a prayer from none other than bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, from my womb she came. Zariel, why don't you start us with a prayer for every listener listening to our episode tonight? I got the blessing So I say all it So I got into heart And I bless everybody And I give them hope Oh yeah so I give them a lot of blessings and I sung a lot so I got to fly. Amen. Amen. I think y'all got some sound therapy with that prayer from Queen Zari L. If you are unfamiliar with who this incredible soul is, go to www. com. That's Q U E E N. Z-A-H-R-I-E-L.com. My daughter has decided that she is a speaker, a healer, an influencer, and she's just practicing her gift. And so let's start the conversation with this question. What is actually the definition of a generational curse? So mama, why don't you take it from here? I'm bringing in my other guest. My mother, the womb from which I came, she likes to introduce herself as the Ma of Tama, <laughs> Linda, <laughs> Jean, Tarva, Yule. What is your definition of a generational curse? My definition of a generational curse is the faults, the habits, um, curse that is carried from one generation to the next that's what I consider a generational curse. <laughs> so you basically, you basically said <laughs> a generational curse is a curse that's passed Well, it is. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, okay, I think my definition of a generational curse 
um, is when people repeat the thoughts, choices, and behaviors of those that came before them that don't um, produce health and well-being and wealth and abundance. That to me is is a broad stroke to what generational curses are. Zaria, what's your definition? My definition. Have a great day. So I sing a lot today. Zaria, what is your definition? My definition. Of a generational curse. Of a generational curse. Here we go again. And about your door, but it ascends your head this time. Okay. It you. means calm your head. Okay. I don't I don't know. Um, so as y'all can tell, we're in a very funny mood as we record tonight's episode and wrap up this series. So, um and 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 counter to that, generational blessings are making the necessary decisions and creating the necessary behavioral patterns that bring vibrancy and good health and wealth and abundance into your family. But there is for me a thin line between I am solely responsible for what happens next in my family versus the reality is our life is our own and we each make our own choices. And so even if I am given my best effort, there is a reality that people can still choose their own path. So Ma, what do you think? How do we reconcile the reality that, um, Part of the work is accepting and allowing and creating some freedom for those that come after us. The space that we give to those who come after us Mm -hmm. is essential to turning curses into blessings. Zario, are you trying to say something? No, I was telling her to stop. Hello. Do you know what we're talking about? Yep. What's a curse? A curse is something like you curse and you fall asleep. There was a, a time when I did not know what CPT was. And when I discovered that CPT was a name that was given to those who would party a lot. Um, and I didn't I didn't understand that that's a habit. And it could be passed on from one generation to the next. I remember someone calling it fashionably late. But not to respect someone else's time and not to be respectful of the space that's given to do what it is that you need to do is something that is, is possible to pass that on. I didn't understand the importance of timing until much later in my life. Start looking back to to see, was my mama always late? Did, Did I train my children to be late? Marrying a military person really put that timing thing into perspective for me. 
and it became very important to arrive before time. Um, my daughter, when you were going, when you were a student at Largo College, Largo High School. La, La, Largo High School, I'm sorry. At Largo High School, your instructor had said to arrive 15 minutes prior to when you're expected is on time. To arrive at the time you're expected is to be late. You remember that? Yeah. So sometimes when I see the struggles that take place the people arriving to where they need to be before time. Sometimes I wonder, is, is this a habit of what you would call a generational curse? If we were to train up our children to be on time, before time, um, that's a blessing that can continue from generation to generation. I agree. I agree, but I, and I also acknowledge, and I was just having a conversation um, with one of my friends about this earlier today. Uh, we were talking about generational healing, and I also acknowledge that the reality is sometimes in order to be in the position to create a healthier pattern, the generational blessing, you have to pluck yourself out. Because sometimes you need different knowledge, different thoughts, different choices, different behaviors, different environment, different energy to be around to even learn the contrast of what has been perpetuated in your bloodline. And so um, there are times we get plucked out. There are times we plug back in, but we get to assess, learn, become aware of what is the pattern. The first step to change is awareness. If you don't have enough information about your family and how the people in your family have made certain decisions, had certain medical experiences. I have clients sometimes that come in and when I ask the question on the intake form, tell me about the medical history on your mama's side. Tell me about the medical history. They don't even know that information. You know, and I do believe that there are some things that are in the genes that get duplicated. But I also realize that if you eat like Big Mama and them, and if you drink like Uncle Tommy and so and so, well, then yeah, you're going to have the same experiences because you're making the same choices and behaving the same way. This topic is a very simple one. We don't have to overthink it. We don't have to overcomplicate it. If you notice that there are toxic choices, there's a toxic mindset, mm -hmm. there are toxic behaviors that everybody seems to keep perpetuating, then you can be the one that sticks out like a sore thumb and says, I'm going to make some different choices. I'm going to hold yeah. a different value system. I'm going to do things differently because I don't want to repeat the cycle of unfulfillment. I don't want to repeat the cycle of poor health. I don't want to repeat the cycle of not having enough money to do what I really want to do or spending my entire life working and never feeling properly compensated for, you know, whatever it is for those listening, my point of bringing this conversation forward 
is to give you a reminder that you get to choose. And that in part of the choosing process, you should elevate your consciousness about why you're making the decisions you make. And what happens when a person becomes intentional about choosing better than what's already been chosen, they create a generational blessing. They create a generational blessing. Zariel, are there any choices that I need to make as your mother to guarantee you some blessings in your life? Yes. So, love is your shrew. I love my mommy. Yay, yay, So, Zase, love. Love is the formula to make sure that you have some blessings. Thank you for that insight, Mom. Mm-hmm. As one who came before me, one who sits now in the crone stage of life, <laughs> you have been marinating a while. In this thing called life, you have become a matriarch and an elder in our family. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> you know, what is, how do you position yourself to participate in the creation of generational blessings and canceling out some of the toxic things that you've seen in our family? One thing that I have discovered is there's no such thing as retirement. I actually thought, I'm done. <laughs> but you still on earth, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just the class. Especially my I'm, I'm done seems to pop up when I'm, I'm sending out warning signals. I'm, I'm trying to point the way and direct and say, hmm. I I'm, I went this way. My my mama went this way. My my grandmother went this way. People in my family have been going this way. Don't don't take that turn. Mm. And after all the pleading, the showing, the demonstrating, and you realize that each person's life is their own. And when they make that decision to take that same path and make the same choice. You have to realize that's 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 the space you have to give. You, mm, the choice right. is theirs. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're not done, you know. It, it, you're not done until you're really done. And you're not really ever done. You will always be able to add and give and direct and show. But you got to give that space. I love what you're saying because as I watch your aging process, it gives me information about how I want to age and enter into um, my eldership when that time comes. And what I'm envisioning for myself is being the type of seasoned woman where my teaching method is how I've lived and how I'm living. I I want it to be, I can show you better than I can tell you. Because I think sometimes the gap is, as parents, as grandparents, as elders, as teachers, too often the youngsters, the feedback I hear and, and things I've experienced is, you're telling me this, 
But what are you showing me through your thoughts, through your choices, through how you're living? And I think sometimes we forget that the reality is hypocrisy will discredit you. It will discredit you. If if you're somebody who says what you know, but you can't live it, you're not able to do it. So one of the things that I do when I'm working with my seasoned clients and even when I start envisioning, okay, as I age, I want the honor to be that, oh, my mother, my auntie, my whatever lives the truth she's been trying to get me to embody. Sometimes we transfer regret and shame, the vibration of regret and shame. And we pass that along. And so now the energy around what we're encouraging those coming behind us to do is rooted in what we weren't able to get done. And that's a natural part of life. But there is a higher opportunity for us to embody and demonstrate the very legacies we want our children to align with, right? So there's all these these opportunities. And I like what you were saying, mom, about sometimes you just got to throw your hands up because some people ain't going to listen. No matter what you say, no matter what you show them. I know the seasons in my life where I was just plain blank stubborn. I thought I knew what I needed to know and I wasn't in the mood to hear anybody else's knowledge. And sometimes I still have that because I'm very, very self-sufficient emotionally and in my life. But I do think it's important that we're at least having the conversations, witnessing each other, spending time with the elders in our families, making sure the young people are growing up in their energy and hearing their stories. I think that that needs to become a priority in ways that it hasn't been for a while. You know, I think that's important. And I think that we should also preserve the stories. You know, when I think of the spiritual practice of ancestral veneration, for me, it is tapping into the mind of my ancestors who've gone on and surrendered their collective consciousness to the universal brain. Right. So I know the code where I could pull the file and 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 use some of what Charlene Tarver, my grandmother, experienced to give me insight and wisdom about what I'm experiencing right now. Right. So I pour libations. I use the water element and the water rituals to um, align and access some of that energy and information. But we need to preserve those stories. We need to keep the pictures, <laughs> you know, and see the different ways we can find ourselves and those who came before us. My ear said to me that your ancestors are your first line of access in the realm of spirit. They just left the earth. So they know what it's like to have bills to pay. They know what it's like living here. And you can, because everything is energy, have conversations, use tools like meditation and automatic writing. If you're not familiar with automatic writing, Google that, right? You can use these kinds of techniques to tap into a bigger brain than the one you have in your head. 
to tap into where people who are directly connected and invested in you because you are their DNA. You are the immortal part of those that came before you. Your grandmother lives in your eyes, in your nose. My father lives in my smile and my big ears. I am the continuation of them. So it does make sense for me to put in an effort and have a consistent practice of connecting with those who came before me and teaching my child how to do the same. Because when I'm gone, she will need to know how to find her, find her mother in herself. And I pray that she keeps the best parts of me and learns how to leverage that for her life. And to me, that is how you take toxic patterns, AKA generational curses and turn them into generational blessings. Don't make this complicated, but do make it important. Do make it important to learn the patterns that are in your family. Um, Learn which ones resonate with you and which ones you say don't. And then go forward and let your thoughts, your choices, and your behaviors elevate the legacy of your family. We have our personal legacies, but we also have our collective legacies. And both are important to keep intact. Zariel, is there anything else you would like to say on this subject or to the people that are listening to us? My friend, um, my friend here named Kaya, like a duck. I'm Kaya. Kaya said, welcome. Hi, me. Kaya, I'm having a day. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about nature. Nature is like birds and bugs and insects. Who likes bugs? Now let's go over to Zarya. question for Zarya. Yes? When you put your hand over the microphone like that, it makes it difficult to hear. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. What are some of the best things that you've learned from your grandma? Nothing. I'm so glad that you know everything already. And are there any things that you've learned from your mom? Yes. Hundreds. Hundreds of things. You're zero. Okay, that's fine. And so one day you may have a family. What are some of the things you want to teach your son or daughter? Um, I might get a daughter. Okay, what would you want your daughter to know? I want her to know numbers, letters, cayennes. Would you want her to know anything that your mom has already taught you? Yes. Name something. Math. Okay. Oh, y'all all about the Benjamins. You know yeah, we all about, about that money. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for sharing that with me. Mom, is there anything else you'd like to say? It was good having this conversation and knowing that when I when I remember my mother and my grandmother, I know that um, the things that they have put into me, they actually got to see some 
of the things that they did not want to happen happen and and that stubbornness that all of us have i i also know that there were some decisions that i made that they did not want me to go down that route that's been the same way with my children there's certain things i, I just didn't want them to experience and that thing that we say do as i say and not as i do um Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It is better to demonstrate what it is that you want them to do. And, yeah, and, and you know what? And always, it won't always turn out that way because they make their own decisions. Yeah, and I think it's good to acknowledge in the conversation that at a minimum, if my child is going to make the same mistakes I made, instead of having unhealthy grief about that, I could be like, well, I know this mistake. Let me give you the shortcut on how to get to the other side, <laughs> right? Because um, I'm never going to hide from Zaria the truth of how I've lived. Um, and I'm not going to allow shame or the sadness of, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda right. keep me from allowing her to integrate her divinity and her humanity. Will we get it perfect every time? No. And so I would like to not only teach her how to do things well, but also make sure that she can learn from me what what to do if you do things poorly. Yeah. You know? Um, So this has been interesting for me, y'all. I I knew that by venturing into having both my mom and Zariel be a part of this season... (laughs) It You could hear anything in these episodes. I love that. I hope that my listeners resonate with my authenticity and my free-flowing spirit, the free-flowing spirit of my daughter and my mother. It was incredible sharing my family with you in this season. As we prepare for the next season, I have something really, really exciting and incredible coming up. You hear my child trying to repeat everything I say. Um, and so look forward to the next episode. <laughs> I love you, Mother. I honor you, Linda, for being my first encounter with God and an incredible teacher in my life. Tama would not be who she is without my mother. The strength of her spirit, her unconditional love. If listen, when I reflect on why sh- when I reflect on why I chose my mother, it is because she is my master teacher of unconditional love. So I'm just publicly stating, "Mama, I love you." And Zariel I love you too. You know what you taught me? You uh uh-uh, uh sh- listen. I'm gonna put you out. <laughs> you know what you taught me before you even came into my womb? You taught me what it looks like when your faith moves the mountain. Mm-hmm. Because of your spirit. And your determination to come to earth, I was able to access a level of faith 
that I don't know if I would have learned any other way. So I love you too. And I publicly honor you as bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. What's the rest? From my womb you came. Y'all have an incredible evening and thank you for the wonderful feedback y'all been giving me about this season's topic on healing your mother wound. Peace.